0: To learn who you are, to build our relationship with you, to just see the passion that uh, Paul had, just get into his his word and uh, the things that he said, to learn who you are, learn who you are. So, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, amen. Amen. welcome everybody. See if we're in All
1: right, let's see if we can get into this tonight um it's been a a journey through the first two first two chapters chapter one took a couple of weeks chapter two we kind of breezed through but we're actually going to circle back to some things in chapter two as we go through chapter three um so uh, we are going to listen to the chapter so if everybody's got their bibles out and ready um i'll be playing uh the uh audio version of the chapter that way those that are driving can hear it and um if you're at home and you're in a nice safe space you can grab your bible out and follow along we're going to be reading from the new king james version um and please give me a thumbs up if you can hear it online just to make sure that um it's coming through clear So, here we go.
2: What advantage then has the Jew, or what is the prophet of circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust to inflict wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why not say, Let us do evil that good may come. As we are slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say, Their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, There is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith? Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law.
0: All right, hopefully everybody was
1: able to kind of go through that with us. Um, I'm move some of the stuff out of my way so we can get started. So here's our introduction. <clears throat> uh Romans chapter three begins with a question and answer session between Paul and his opponents. Paul poses questions much like those uh ones that you would expect from someone taking issue with what Paul wrote. In Romans chapter Two, uh, this opponent asks what advantage is there to being a Jew if the law cannot keep an individual jewish the individual Jewish people from facing judgment for their sins? Paul insists that there is an advantage to Israel as a nation, and that they have uh, been given the oracles which is the Word of God. He then shows that. God remains faithful to Israel in spite of her faithlessness. In fact, Israel's unrighteousness only serves to further prove God's righteousness. That does not mean, of course, that God wishes for people to sin more and more to make him look better. And so Romans chapter 3, verses 1 through 18 will be the bulk of this. Um, and it's kind of a question and answer session uh, between Paul and his um opponents. And so he kind of creates this dialogue and we're going to go through this dialogue. And so be ready to kind of interact um, as I kind of put up these questions and answers and, um, you know, see if we can understand Paul's track here. So um, just beginning from, you know, chapter three, the first question, the major question that's asked, is what advantage then has the Jew or what is the profit of circumcision? Paul answers this uh, with uh, much in every way, chiefly, because to them were committed the oracles of God. What does this mean? What, what, what What does it mean that to them was committed the oracles of God? Um anybody wanna take a shot at it?
0: Coleman's and then Kenji. Coleman's Oh you hear me?
3: Yeah, you were me. Okay. Yeah, basically they were given God's, you know, commandments, God's even you know, words. And God basically, you, you know, spoke through through um, through the Jews, you know, uh, as far as the revelation, you know, of God.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Kenji, you want to piggyback off of that? That's pretty much what I was going to say. Okay. Okay. So just quickly, just as a uh, kind of to solidify that, um, go with me in your Bibles to John chapter four verses 20 through 22, and this is a conversation with Jesus and a a Samaritan woman at the well. Everybody knows this story as the woman at the well. So in John chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, uh, Jesus is having this conversation about theology and history, and here's how it goes. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, this is the woman talking to Jesus, and you Jews say, that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus answered her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither uh, on this mountain nor in Jerusalem work, worship the father. You worship what you do not know, but we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And so uh, correctly stated, as both of you said, the the commandments, they all came in through the Jewish people. He spoke to them on Mount Sinai, made that covenant, and from that point forward, this uh, preaching of salvation that was one day going to be in Jesus Christ came through the Jewish people. So you're both were right. Um, absolutely, Kenji.
0: So <clears throat> applying that to present time. Does that mean we
1: don't know what we're worshiping or? Or, No, because we're beyond that time. Remember? Yeah, we're in the new, yeah. Yeah, we're under the new covenant. Jesus has come. Right. Salvation is in him. That's what this whole book of Romans is about. Right. Okay. But the Jews were feeling slighted because the Gentiles are getting all the love. So they're like, well, what advantage is it for us then? You know, what do we get out of all this? You know, the Gentiles get to believe in Jesus and on, he's like, well, you guys had the word from the beginning, you know, so as a nation, you had, you know, God come and make covenant with you. So don't act like you're like, not a part of this, you know, because I guess they were trying to make a big deal about this salvation, this faith in Jesus, you know, being so important. Well, what advantages is, is our circumcision then? You know, if it's about Jesus now. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. Question number two. For what if some did not believe? Would their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? So what if some don't believe? Would their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And Paul answers this, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man be a liar. For it is written that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. Now, this is interesting. And so um, I don't know how many people read through this, but if you connect this to chapters one and chapters two, what do you think Paul is trying to say here about um, their comment? You know, uh, why does he answer it? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man and every devil be a liar. Every Everyone be a liar. And then he quotes this scripture that you may be justified in your words and you may overcome when you are judged. What is he talking about here? I thought this was a a very interesting one. I thought it'd be difficult if you did not have in your mind chapters one and two, as you're reading this. Anybody want to take a
0: shot at it?
4: Tim. All right. I'm going to jump in there and say, uh, could it be that he's talking to the Jews that were being judged by the the legalizers the jews that were trying to uh, make them live under the law and he's talking to the jews that are being victimized by that
1: by that i I mean i think that's a that's a that's a good thought but if i set the table the jews are part of the judgy group (laughs) they're judging Um, remember from chapter two you know they were all judging each other but in this and this is a hint, <laughs> they're judging someone else. Thompson's.
5: Oh, <clears throat> okay. So after you just said that, I'm, I'm probably not, this probably isn't the answer, but I was thinking um, because um, God's word is true and mm-hmm. he had spoken this, you know, before to them. So they knew. Um, and God is faithful over His, over his word,
0: mm-hmm.
5: <clears throat> so um, I think we're you know we're justified in our words, but also in our belief, believing that that word will come true.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that, and I think it's I think this is a difficult one. Because this is a this is something that people just don't think happens, even though we know it does. It's not our first initial thought that this could actually be happening. You know, uh, what's happening here, uh, Kenji? Okay, you want to jump in there before I give the answer. <laughs> Go ahead. <Ken. laughs> um, is the answer in the question? Because
6: it says will their unbelief make the faithfulness of god without effect so he's just basically saying god's faithfulness doesn't depend on our faithfulness
1: or it's sort of i mean you're 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 close you're close because the issue here and 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 you're you're what do you call it what they say you're warm <laughs> <laughs> getting warmer you're, warm. you're like right there the issue here Is something that we brought up in chapter one that it's God being judged. The person being judged is God. For what if some don't believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Paul says, certainly not. Mm -hmm. Let God be true, Mm -hmm. but every man be a liar. For it is written that you, this you is god may be justified in your words and may uh may overcome when you are judged and so it's god that is putting forth his word and god who is being judged and i'll show it to you in the actual scripture let's go look at the actual scripture that he's quoting He's quoting Psalms 51 and verse four. Mm -hmm. And this is David's prayer of repentance. Mm -hmm. And so here's what David says against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you, he's talking to God, may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So in other words, God, you're, you're, you're right. (laughs) whatever you say is going to be what it is so if people say well you know we don't believe it doesn't matter your word is true even if they don't believe it it's still true even if they don't and we'll talk about unbelief actually i didn't put that on here unbelief is a very interesting word Mm -hmm. unbelief um and disobedience actually are almost exactly the same thing
7: that disobedience to parents, yes
0: like, okay.
1: unbelief is almost the same as disobedience it is a it is the inability to be persuaded yeah
0: okay
1: that you will not let yourself be persuaded, and so their judgment is against God here's another verse, and I pulled this one up because I thought this would help in kind of um understanding this. It's from Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 25. And again, he's talking to the Jews. He's talking to Israel. He says, "Yet you say that the way of the Lord is not fair." <laughs> Hear now, O Israel, it is not my way which is which it is not it is not my way which is is it not my way, sorry, which is fair and your ways which are not fair. In other words, they're coming against God saying, "You're not fair for what you're saying. You're not fair for for how you're 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 putting this out there. This is wrong, God." And I we talked about that in chapter 1, how how people are actually passing judgment on God.
5: Yeah.
1: And and saying that what he's doing is wrong.
5: Right.
0: <laughs> Comments
7: I'm just. I don't know that I have a comment. <laughs> I I have a feeling, just an uh, because it just seems so backwards to judge God by us.
1: Does it really?
7: But that's what's being done. <laughs> it's like you're judging God by our standards, right. and it's just like.
1: That's why he says, let every man be a liar and let God's word be true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because they are judging God based upon their standards because of what they believe. And this happens a lot.
5: So, Like when somebody says, God don't want that to happen, they're judging.
1: No, they will say it's, if if that's the kind of God that he is and I don't want to serve him. If he's going to say that That these people are going to hell, then I don't like that God.
7: Okay, like my the one at (laughs) work that I'm mad at God because Because of
1: whatever, yeah, yeah. Okay,
7: because
1: you're you're judging God and you're saying that because basically you're saying I'm unpersuaded, I'm not persuaded that this is right and that God is right.
7: Oh. That's just is a big ouch. Yeah, it yeah it, it's like it, it hurts no. your heart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Y'all with me? Everybody's quiet on that one.
0: Just imagine
7: it, what kind of world if if <laughs> if oh, that's are we just... living in? <laughs>
1: All right, we got some more questions. <laughs> Paul says, "But if our unrighteousness." demonstrates the righteousness of God what shall we say is god unjust who inflicts wrath i speak as a man his answer is certainly not now before we get into discussing the question and his answer he says i speak as a man mm-hmm. what w- why is paul saying this why is he saying i speak as a man
7: He's not right.
1: Is that the only reason? Just because, because he he's not mistakes. gone? Not just because he's not God? Because he makes mistakes? Um I think you gotta read through it. You gotta read through it and digest the, it.
7: That's the perspective. Because um, right. that he's he's taught. Talk- it's like quite common. Like, you know, when we read the Bible, we we read it from our viewpoint, not from god talking to us we read it from us hearing god which is the the back the other way mm-hmm. it's a lot of times when people have the issue with the big bang they're looking at it well no it could be a big bang from if god spoke and it just happened but then that's our perspective of it and so what paul's saying is i'm speaking from this perspective as a man
1: hmm Anybody else want to chime in on that? I speak as a man.
5: Yeah, I agree with Ms. Taya, but I also think um it's from the you know our limited mind.
1: Right, that, right.
5: That we, you know, God has the whole, you know, He's aware of everything, Alpha and Omega, and we're only limited to our knowledge.
1: Yeah. I I I sense a little sarcasm <laughs> in, in Paul's statement. You know, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. <laughs> <laughs> Willie.
8: Yeah, I was about to say, I just sense
1: Paul saying,
8: like, who do you think you are? Like yeah. in the sense of like, man, like, come on, I'm trying to make this make sense to you guys so you could actually understand it. God, and I think Miss Easy just hit it on the head. Like God is on heaven, in heaven, you're on earth. Let your words be few. I know that's different context, but it's more like, yo, like, know
1: your place. In a, in a sense, it's like know your place. This is God we're talking about, right? And He's using Himself. He's saying, I know my place. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to you as a man, not as an oracle, not as a, this is just man to man, a regular person.
7: Not as another
1: guy. Right. Not as, not even as,
7: not no little guy, no big guy, not even as an apostle
1: here. He's like, I'm just speaking to you as a man. Hmm. That certainly not. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say is god unjust who inflicts wrath certainly not what is he really saying he's saying that we're not being unrighteous we're
0: not actually being unrighteous in what we're saying
1: god god's way is right so he's actually it's almost like he's Taking what they're saying and he's throwing it back in their face. Like, why (laughs) do you like you're calling me unrighteous for what I'm doing? So if I'm so unrighteous, (laughs) then is God unjust for doing what he said he's gonna do? Well, certainly not. He's not unjust because actually, we're not unrighteous. (laughs) We're not actually doing anything wrong, and I'll get to a little bit more of why I say what I say. Um, So his next question is, for then how will God judge the world? How will he judge the world? Now, this is a quote. Now, somebody has got to be able to tell me where this came from. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. In that day, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. How is God going to judge the world?
7: By the gospel of Jesus
1: Christ. Well, yes, by <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. According to the gospel. Yeah. said,
7: so where did it come
0: from? Yeah,
1: where did that come from? Where did that quote come from? Willie. Wait a minute. That was Romans 1, wasn't it? Nope.
7: I th- I feel like Jesus said, that. but I got to find out where
1: <laughs>
7: because it was in the Gospels that he said it. Um,
1: it's in Romans, just for those that.
7: It's not in the Gospels. No. Well, then Willie was right. Why you didn't say Willie? You right?
1: He said Romans chapter one. It's not uh, in Romans chapter one. <laughs> it's not. Nobody knows where this is at? We actually hung out on this verse for a while because it's a, a very important verse. Anybody? YouTube, y'all got an answer?
0: It's two.
1: Chapter two, what's Romans the verse?
5: Uh, it's 16.
1: Verse 16. In the
5: day when God will judge the secrets of men. Um,
1: Mm -hmm.
5: The work of the law.
1: Yeah. So what, what he's going to do is that he's going to judge everyone by Jesus, according to the gospel. Did you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Okay. Did you accept him? Did you put your trust in him and follow him?
7: this is kind of amazing because um it it kind of disbelieves, it kind of disproves when people think that god is judging their individual actions right like specifically this or that or this or that or that or what i'm doing (laughs) um when it's clearly saying what you're judged on here
1: right this is key this is really really key because our relationship with christ and i kind of said this on sunday that as we draw closer to the lord and spend more time with him our behavior will change Mm -hmm. but he's not judging you on your behavior Mm -mm. he's judging you on your relationship with christ did you put your trust in him and begin to follow him
7: but then That's
1: what he's judging you on.
7: So then, but then to go back to chapter one, where it it says what belief in him and and um, what the the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for any the righteousness of God is real from faith. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's almost like it's saying that when you believe mm-hmm. you are going to change because of that belief right right mm-hmm. and so there's not a need to judge the individual this that this 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 and this and it because you are being transformed right because of your belief
1: right that's the gospel (laughs) that's the gospel if you truly believe people will see it it's not it's not going to be a mystery like do do they really believe in jesus well yeah you'll see it in their life because to believe right is to acknowledge that jesus christ is lord Uh and then devote yourself to him Uh so that means you put your trust in him and you follow him you can't stay the same following jesus right and if you aren't following jesus it's because you're unpersuaded now, now catch that you are <clears throat> disobedient mm. you are not persuaded
0: to your parents
1: <laughs> he says it's liberating but very scary for those who don't believe maybe
7: i think it's because, scary for- because
1: scripture actually tells us that those that don't believe find this offensive
7: i was just going to say it's it's scary for those that say they believe in but not i find that more scary
1: it's probably scary for you and not for them it's, because they, it's don't, believe.
7: they it's,
1: don't believe it's
7: sad <laughs> okay. It's sad. that's the word i will use it's that's sad because you, you walk around be like oh, but there is god there is god but then you're not believing
1: yeah you're you're not you're not believing so you don't you don't care <laughs> right it's like whatever and so i think the hard part of this is that when he does judge, he is going to judge everyone by the same standards. It's not going to be a sliding scale. He's not going to judge you over here by cussing and judge you over here by this. and ju- Everybody's going to be judged by Jesus Christ. That's going to be the standard.
5: By your relationship.
1: Right. That if you're in him, you're safe. If you're out of him, you're not. That's it. What did Jesus tell his disciples? Don't be excited that you were casting out demons in my name. Be excited that your name is written in the book of life. Right. That's what you're supposed to be celebrating. Not that, you know, you've seen some miracles. Okay.
0: Got
1: quiet tonight. This Congrats. must be. This
5: must be
1: heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of mo. We don't keep it going. A lot of mo. <laughs> I got a quick
4: question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um,
1: finally, a question. Yes.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Is Paul? <laughs> I just noticed it's jumping out at me. He says, "According to my gospel." Hmm. And so I was like, "Wow, why did he have to say my gospel?" Um. So I looked it up and. It says, as I expound it, the gospel as I expound it. So he had to really be specific. And I'm seeing there's like an authority. I don't think anybody else says my gospel.
1: No, Paul's the only one that uses that term, my gospel. Mm -hmm. Because his gospel is the gospel. And we talked, me and you talked about this, Tim. Is mm-hmm. in the gospel of grace. Right. You know, he's expounding this gospel that is finding righteousness apart from the law. Mm-hmm. That it's in faith in Jesus. And he's going to expound on that even more throughout this chapter. Amen. All, All right. right. And throughout the, the rest of the book of Romans, actually, he's just going to keep building on his gospel. <laughs> All right. so that's a great point. So the next question up is, for if the truth of God has increased through my lie (laughs) to his glory, why am I still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come? And so Paul answers these uh, questions um, as we are slanderously reported as some affirm that we say their condemnation is just. Now, I think you got to go here and you got to read this because I just pulled out the questions, but you actually got to go back and read this. This This is verses seven and eight. And you may have to read them a couple of times to get the flow of what he's saying. I'll give you a couple of hints. Number one, he's doing that sarcasm thing again. He's throwing back in their face, whatever they're accusing him of, he's throwing it back in their face. So just like he said, if we're unrighteous and our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, then is it really unrighteous? He said here again, for if the truth of God has increased through a lie. So if I'm telling a lie <laughs> to his glory, <laughs> you know, why would I be judged as a sinner if I'm lying? So why not say, let us do evil that make that good may come. And I've seen people use this verse out of context sometimes you got to do evil that good may come. Right. <laughs> that's not, that's not <laughs> the way you use that scripture. He's not saying, he's not teaching that you might have to do a little evil that good may come.
5: That's crazy. You said that. Cause that's why I looked up. Like, I've heard
1: that <laughs> People have said say. that. That's not what that means. <laughs> and so in his answer, he shows you that same sarcasm as we are slanderously reported as some affirm that we say now, that we say their condemnation is just so what is going on here what is happening here you know what what is what is paul trying to communicate to us through this question and answer kenji seems like he's just trying to come up with all the
6: arguments people would come up with against god and throw it against them
1: Uh, it's not just against god but it's against Him as the messenger of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
6: He's saying that, you know, sin makes, he's trying to, he's saying that these people are going to say that sin makes God righteous. So why not? Well, I can't, let's just sin, we'll make him more righteous, you know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just. Basically, we just want to sin and we'll make God righteous. You know, they just, people always come up with excuses to do what they want. So I think he's just trying to kind of of cover all the arguments.
1: Yeah, because his argument is that we're not justified through the law. And so for them, that's a lie. He said, well, then, well, how come I'm I'm a part of this? It's not like I'm saying I'm separate from it. I'm a part of this. Mm -hmm. So if this is true, that I'm running around telling a lie to God's glory, then why don't we just say, let's do evil, that good may come of it? Why don't we just all do terrible, bad things so that good can happen? The Coleman's.
3: <laughs> yes, it seems like, um, yeah, it seems like they're they're really, he's making the arguments, but there's still arguments, like you said, I guess, like based on, you know, the law, you know, it's like, okay, well, they're still concentrating on. You know the the doing. So so his argument is okay. Well, they'll come back and say, well, let us do evil that good may come. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it's still a doing. You know the, the argument is still based on okay. Well, if that's true, if you if, you know if we're not righteous based on the law, then what yeah. shall I say? Should should I just not do the law? So, you know, should I just sin? You know, that <laughs> the that, that good may come. They still focus on you know works. Right. Absolutely. <laughs>
7: Right. Which, which the interesting thing about that is, we read that and we're like, okay, they're they're here. But oftentimes we have the same battle. We get into this and we're good enough, or God's not gonna do this, or you know, we get into that same kind of a battle, even though we're looking at this, like, they not battle? But
0: we do it too. We're not good enough. We're not this enough.
1: Right. So I pulled out. Let's see. We got another hand, Willie.
8: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to struggle out loud because I want to make sure I'm understanding. So if he's using the same kind of sarcasm and using their justifying as a means for the grace of God to be a jail, get out of jail free card. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Like, well, I mean, you know, in in a sense and just using my 21st, like, 21st century language well i mean jesus paid it all right so i could send a little bit and i'll be okay right is is that kind of the notion that the romans are are trying to justify a means of continuing to do what they want to do as opposed to just following christ and
1: allowing him to transform
8: them is that is that what i'm getting from this
1: no he's they're actually saying that following christ is breaking the law so we might as well follow christ do this evil that good may come so they're calling what paul is teaching basically you're saying that we don't we don't have any rules so let's just all do nothing Let's all let's just do evil and then maybe god will be glorified
8: okay so oh well there's no law so might as well just live however we want to live and we'll be cool right that's what they're saying right. Right, okay. Paul
1: is saying that we're not saved by the law. Oh, so in yeah, their I mean, mind, if it's not the law, then there's nothing. Okay, so they're they're rigid
8: then. So it's just the law. Oh yeah, or Very, there you oh, go. Very okay. rigid.
1: There because I think we've all done this in some form or fashion with yeah. something. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. well, well, so if if we don't have to do that, then that means that we don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you have to do something. And I'm trying to explain to you what you have to do. What you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. Well, what is that? <laughs> you know, uh, Tim.
4: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Thank you for slowing down because I'm seeing what Paul's doing there. He's taking their faulty thinking yeah. and using it, using it against them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because they're saying basically, yeah. Yeah, verse 7, if the truth of God is abounded through my lie right. unto his glory, why yet am I judged as a sinner? <laughs> oh, wow. I never really caught that before. He's, man. Right. <laughs> there's some, there's yeah. some
1: ver- verbal
4: kung fu going on.
1: <laughs> it is. It is very tricky. That's why I wanted to kind of pull him out and kind of walk through yeah, this this rhetorical you know, he's asking a question and answering the question that he's asking, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, in order to demonstrate to them, your logic is flawed. Right. It would have been great to
4: be able to hear him.
1: I. Me too. I I wish it, I could have heard this.
4: To hear, yeah. Hear his voice change and. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. So this this term slanderous, as we are slanderously reported. This is actually the term blaspheme, blasphemeto, refusing to acknowledge good, worthy of respect or veneration to blaspheme, which reverses moral values. Be evil spoken of, reviled or railed at. So blasphemy is when you take something that's good and say it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so if following Christ is good and you say that, that's not good then you are blaspheming christ Mm -hmm. if to you know um you know whatever it's it's really hard because you got to flip stuff and this actually this generation that we live in does that a lot
5: Mm -hmm. a lot
1: you know they'll say oh so you're going to church all the time how is that serving god you know, you, you need to get out here and do this, or you need to, you know, so they'll try to take something that is good and put a negative spin on it yeah. so that they're reversing the moral value of, it. you know, if you, let's say something like, you know, being single and staying pure, what are you doing that for? You know, that's that, that, how does that make you righteous? How does that make you good? You might as well go out. So you're going to, You're going to make that into something bad.
5: Mm.
1: So that's what blasphemy blasphemy is. And I think people struggle with that idea because it's such a mental gymnastics. Until you're confronted with something that you'll do it to it. (laughs) All of us do it with certain things. Somebody will say something that we don't like, and we'll flip it and make that a bad thing (laughs) and reverse the value of it. Like, oh, it's good until this person says it. Now I got a problem with it. How is that good? And and this happens so often that it's like, ah, how do we even, because it's so interwoven into our communication. We are actually very blasphemous about a lot of things. Willie. Yeah, yeah, this is so good. I am fully understanding
8: what's being dropped right now. So me, I'm into rapping, right? Rhythm and poetry. I'm into hip hop and all that but I'm using that platform to praise God and preach the gospel. And a lot of the songs, they will mention God, but in return, they're only talking about themselves. Right. Yes.
1: So they're, they're not actually glorifying God because to glorify God wouldn't be a good thing mm-hmm. for them. Right? So if they actually if they actually glorify God as God, mm-hmm. They would say, oh, well, you following, you know, you got to follow you. You got to believe in you. Don't be putting your faith out there. Believe in you. You know, and I think rap is a a place where a lot of blasphemy goes on because they'll make something that is good sound like it's bad. Okay. All right. See if we can keep it rolling. Some more questions. All right question what then are we better than they and so you should be following along this is uh verse 9 um and this is based off of the previous verse right mm-hmm. he says so what then are we better than they and he goes on to answer that question not at all for we have previously charged both jews and greeks that they are all under sin okay and um Romans chapter 2 I threw this in here cuz again he's piggybacking he's having an argument with somebody who has a problem with Romans chapter 2. And he says for there is no partiality with God. For as many have sinned without the law will perish without the law and as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. So he's saying there's there, neither one of us are better. I, I've not said that Jews are good and the Greeks are bad. I'm saying Everybody's under sin. Everybody's in need of God's salvation. Coleman. So,
3: so this, this passage, is he still, you know, is he still presenting himself as, as the Jew when he says, you know, um, we, we are better than they, like who's, who's the we and who's the they?
1: <laughs> I, I think if he is, if he's presenting himself as the Jews, then he's got to be talking about the answer suggests that he's presenting himself as a separate group right. than the Jews and the Greeks.
7: Yeah, he said both
0: because
1: he says both for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks. Uh-huh. So when he says uh, what then are we better than they? They are the ones who have said that he's he's condemning people, you know, and let me, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because I almost skipped over this, this idea of yeah, as we are slanderously reported, as some have affirmed that we say that their condemnation is just, so in this part, he's saying that they are saying that Paul is condemning people, But Paul's not the one who's judging people. It's God. But the way he's saying is that they're saying, I'm doing this. And then now we look at this answer. What then? Are we better than they? So am I in a position to judge them? (laughs) Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they're under sin. So the standard is not us. It's what this gospel that we're preaching yeah. Yeah. that is judging all of us, that everybody is under sin. And he's going to say that later on, for all have sinned.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense, Aaron?
3: Yes. So really, you know, the we are, we who are, you know, kind of professing the gospel. Right. Christian, the, the Christians, so to speak. Right. Okay.
7: That's what I was thinking, as Christian, too. Yeah. Right? But yeah,
1: yeah. It would be. Uh, I'm glad you you slowed that down because I almost skipped over it because I got so much on here. Guys, slow me down if you if because I got a lot on here. <laughs> we're not even we're not even a third of the way through. Okay, so yeah, he's he's making the case that as we're preaching this gospel, we're not better than anybody. Jews and Greeks, everybody's understand.
5: Everybody. All right,
1: mm-hmm. And everybody's going to be judged. If you're without the law, you're going to be judged. And if you're in the law, you're going to be judged by the law. Right. right. So nobody's going to escape.
0: <clears throat>
1: okay. All right. So he goes on to say, as it is written. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just pulled all the scriptures that he's quoting. So this is, Paul just went and just started quoting quoting a bunch of scriptures
0: okay so
1: so the first one he quote he quotes sorry is Psalms 14 verses 1 through 3 so let's go there so everybody can know that i'm not making this up that you can follow along with me go to psalms chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 and we're going to stay in psalms for a while Because most of what he quotes is from the Psalms, which is interesting. Uh, So Psalms chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Everybody gets there, give me a thumbs up. And maybe we can get a volunteer reader. If not, I'll go ahead and read it if nobody's there. Psalms 14, 1 through 3. Ty, you got it? Mm -hmm. All right.
7: The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one.
1: Okay, so that's his first scripture he quotes because again he's saying that all are under sin and so he quotes uh psalms 14 one through 3 to prove that that even god has looked down to see is there anybody who seeks me is there anybody who wants salvation he says nope none of them not one, yeah. not one of them okay mm-hmm. the next verse psalms chapter 5 in verse nine, stay right there in Psalms chapter five and verse nine. And Paul is a scholar, man, because I don't know how he put all these verses together. Who's got it? Psalm right. nine. <laughs> Who wants to read?
0: Willie.
8: For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Mm. Their inward part is very wickedness. Mm. their throat is an open sepulcher (laughs) they flatter with their tongues
1: bruh so basically he's saying he's talking to these people who he's been throwing their words back at them and like this is who you are Mm -hmm. this is who you are their their mouth is their, their throat is an open tomb so only dead stuff is coming out of you or a sepulcher i think he says but that's a tomb mm-hmm. next one psalms 140 and verse 3 140 and verse 3 and yeah that's that's a hard verse for real Psalms 140 and verse 3 and then somebody else can go ahead ahead and get uh psalms 10 and verse 7 we can we can start getting ahead of this so psalms 40 and verse 3 and then psalms 10 and verse 7 who's got 40 140 and 3
0: go ahead thompson's
5: um Um, they sharpen their tongues like a serpent the poison of asp
1: is under their lips. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That one was hard, Kenji. That one's even
5: harder. <laughs> right? That other one.
1: Dang. Man. And he, how did he pick these verses out? Uh, who's got the mention?
5: <laughs>
1: Kenji. It's snake. a snake. Oh. A poisonous snake.
5: Oh. All right.
6: Psalm 10, 7. <clears throat> his mouth is full of lies and threats. Mm. Trouble and evil are
1: under his tongue. <laughs> wow, these are these are the people that he's talking to, the people that he's dealing with. The final two: Isaiah 59, 78 or fifty-nine seven and eight, and then Psalms thirty-six one. So, somebody go to Isaiah fifty-nine verses seven and eight. And somebody grab stay in Psalms and grab 36.1. And these are all in order in, in Romans chapter three. So this is this is all he just quoted a list of scriptures. And I don't know if he quoted this off the top of his head. I'm like, Tim, I, I wanted to I want to see him do this. <laughs> like what did he just stand there and just start quoting these? Like, what did that look like? It just popped into his head and he just started bam, bam. All right. Who's got Isaiah 59 verse 7 and 8? I got it. Okay. Their feet rush into sin. Hmm.
6: They are Hmm. swift to shed innocent blood. Hmm. They pursue evil schemes. Acts of violence mark their ways. The way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. They have turned them into crooked roads. No one who walks along them will know peace. Wow.
1: These are just straight rebel rousers, just troublemakers, just evil. <laughs> Who's got 30, 36 one? <laughs>
7: An oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear. Of God before his eyes.
1: Mm. So these people are just. Rotten through the core. Just pure. Darkness. They're rotten to the core. So now. We get to. Paul sets this stage. For this to be just a very difficult thing. And we get to see. His answer. To this dilemma. So Paul turns at this point of his letter to the Christians in Rome. Uh, the law can never justify us, but Paul reveals that there is a way to be cleared, to be declared righteous in the eyes of God apart from the law. It is available through faith in Christ for all who believe. True, all have sinned, fall short of the of being able to participate in God's glory. But we can be justified declared righteous before God Mm -hmm. through God's grace as a gift. This is something that we could never earn. Salvation is possible through the atoning sacrifice of Christ's blood when he died on the cross to pay for our sins. God is the one who put Christ forward to be sacrificed in this way to show his own righteousness. Our sin must be paid for. God's just anger must be satisfied and it was satisfied in christ's death that allowed god to become not uh, that allowed god to become not the executioner but the justifier of everyone who has faith in jesus so he's not just an executioner he's actually justifying us through faith in jesus Okay it's a mouthful Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: let's get into these final verses actually we're doing pretty good before we get into them there's a few words i want to dive into and so i want to go back to what it means to believe and so um stuff out of the way put that there for now so pasteo believe believe to affirm, have confidence, use the persuading oneself, uh, human believing. And with the sacred significance of being persuaded by the Lord, faith and believing only in the context does it indicate whether it is pastel believe, um, is it self-serving without the sacred meaning or the believing that leads to or proceeds from God's in of faith. In this particular verse, This is used emphatically of those who acknowledge Jesus as savior and devote themselves to him, Tim. Wow. Thank
4: you for that breakdown. I just, I just uh, got a picture. You you gave a picture um, a while back about um, somebody, a rebel outside your house and they're throwing rocks at your (laughs) house, but God, he, he actually opens the door And he brings them in, and he makes them part of his family. But
1: that's it. (laughs) But
4: also, I guess the addition, the add-on is somebody hears the the broken glass. They call the police. The police show up at the door, and he says, "Nah, yeah, we're good, we're good." He sends the police away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he sends them away. Justify, yeah, and that's Mm justify. So thirteen forty-four uh justified the believer is made righteous or justified by the lord cleared of all charges which is punishment related to their sins moreover they are justified made right or righteous by god's grace each time they receive or obey faith god's in in wrought persuasion
7: that's like noah and abraham
1: Hmm. okay okay explain yeah well Cause cause you just, just can't just right. throw that out there and stop well, sense,
7: <laughs> by by faith mm-hmm. he, they were found righteous, righteous. Mm-hmm. and so technically what you're saying is they were justified right by faith
4: Right.
7: they believed in him Ooh, good in grace, good but but I, I and I know we have we we'll get to that chapter. But mm. I just love that because uh-huh. that was pre-law. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. oh, and so in, in this particular context, <laughs> this, is, up, huh? <laughs> this is especially it is used in the technical phraseology of Paul. Respecting God, who judges and declares such men as put faith in Christ to be righteous and acceptable to Him, accordingly fit to receive the pardon of their sins and eternal life. And so, God is the one who sits on the judgment seat; He's um, the the judge in the courtroom, and He says, "Because you have been convinced, persuaded." Because remember disobedience is saying i won't be persuaded Uh obedience is saying i am persuaded Uh and so god persuades you and he says because you've been persuaded by me i can declare that you are righteous accepted and you are pardoned of all your sins and fit for eternal life
0: kenji is this faith and belief
6: in Christ is this a two-part deal where you're believing in that he died for our sins but also what the message that he brought as far as um it like in the gospels it seems that he was teaching us a lot of things he was telling us how to live our lives yeah and yeah Mm -hmm. like like when like the house built on the sand and on the rock he said the guy who puts here's these words of mine and puts them you know who does them is is it is like is it like a two-part thing where they say put your you you know those who believe in christ is it what he's teaching us and what he did is it like
1: both of them so you acknowledge jesus as savior which is the death and resurrection, right? And devote yourself to him, which is learning whatever he's teaching. You. So following him. following him, pick up your cross and follow him. So this is why, you know, when, when somebody says they believe, but they don't devote themselves to him, they're actually not believing. They're not convinced. Because if you're convinced that he is who he says he is, then you will follow him.
6: And he laid down instructions. On how to do it. A blueprint. And basically, if you're not following the blueprint, you're not believing in it.
1: Right. You're saying, I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really. I mean, I hear you and I get, but I'm not convinced. Right? Taya. So, so, oh, go ahead, Kenji. Sorry. Go
0: ahead, Taya.
7: No, I was going to let you finish,
6: Kenji, and then, and then I was going to say my... Okay, I just was going to ask, so is it a two-part thing, or is it the same I, I
1: it's. I think it's a simultaneous thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I Parall- liken it to... This is probably not a good analogy, but it's the only thing I can think of is that when you fire a gun, there's about three or four things happening, but it looks like one thing happened. Right? When you go to fire a gun, you pull the trigger, The 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 hammer cocks back, All this is happening and the bullet comes out. But all you saw was the bullet come out. But to fire the gun, all those things have to happen for that to come out. And so what you're describing is something that is, bam, that's, but it's the process of it happening, that if you believe you follow him and obey, you know, and so it feels like it's multiple steps, but it's part of the system or mechanism of this that if i believe i follow if if i think about the disciples when everybody walked away right john chapter six everybody walked away and he looked at them and he says so do you guys want to leave too and they said no we believe that you are the son of god and you have the words right that lead to eternal life so using your 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 analogy you know We believe in who you are and we trust what you're teaching. So we're going to follow you. You know, so it's, yeah. I'm hoping I'm explaining that. Okay. Taya and then Willie.
7: Okay, so originally (laughs) I was going to say, so because the picture I got was just, so then it's it's um, you're what you do is as important as what you say, um, was originally the picture that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, because you but you do have to confess to believe, and then you do have to do what you believe, so it's not one without the other, you have to have both. Because if it was just what you do, then it was be deeds, and if it was just what you say, then you wouldn't have to do so. It's almost like you, you do have to have it both of them and it, so then it made me think about faith without works is dead mm-hmm. so it made me think about that particular passage in, in that regards then so then my, my faith is the belief that i say and then the work is following and what along with what i believe mm-hmm. like
1: so let's put it into the definition so acknowledging that jesus is the savior is what you are confessing yes that is acknowledgement yes but believing is devoting yourself to him right which is going to produce actions right there's no way that you can actually devote yourself to him and then say but i'm not going to do what he says right right Uh, i'm devoted to him but i'm not Mm going to follow right right no if you're devoted to him then you are going to follow his teachings his commandments right. Jesus Jesus taught us how to love him how did Jesus say to love him
7: you he, keep my commandments. you
1: keep my commandments if you love me then this is what you'll do so he actually asks he asked you to show that you love him so
7: so if i just say it like right, if i just confess right then then that's that's, that's it's it's dead it's you're you really not believing you're really not Put it in together like that.
1: Right. Like the tri- fig tree that didn't make fruit. Yeah. That's why he ended up cursing it. Yeah. He said, okay. If this true, is really going to be it. Cause you're supposed it's to gonna produce you fruit. Yeah. <laughs> it's
7: yeah.
0: It's going to produce
1: fruit. Right.
7: Okay. Willie.
8: I'm over here. Just man. Shooking. Cause I'm looking at justified. And the picture that I get is God as the judge. So God is right there in the courtroom and the one that confessed out of their mouth, but they believed in their heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now he slams the gavel and says, you're forgiven. Your pardon, your marching orders is to love me, love my neighbor and love your neighbor as yourself. Like it, like you said, like, it simultaneously happens. You confess, you believe, now you receive this gift faith, you have revelation, and now you just devote your time and everything you have and everything you are to just following him. Like that, that just messed me up. That's so good.
1: Amen. And so once we have kind of settled that, then now we, we get to understand what Jesus did. And so there's this term propitiation. And it's in verse 25. Um, he says, whom God has set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus, and so propitiation, it takes us deep into the Old Testament, it takes us back into the Old Testament, and it pulls up Old Testament imagery, and so this word 2435, helisterion, propitiation, is the place of propitiation, it is the lid of the golden ark, the mercy seat, where the blood of the uh, vicarious lamb appeased the wrath of of God, uh, God's wrath on sin. And so the well-known cover of the Ark of the Covenant is the Holy of Holies, which was sprinkled with the blood of ex- expiatory victims um, on the annual day of atonement. This rite signifies that the life of the people, the loss of which they had merited by their sins was offered to God in the blood of the life of this victim. And that by this ceremony uh, was appeased by this, God is appeased by this ceremony and their sins were expiated or cleansed, washed, removed. Um, hence the lid of, expia- of expiation. The propitiatory <laughs> mercy seat and others gives the meaning of the word also in Romans 3.25, vis-a-vis that Christ be sprinkled, with his own blood was truly that which covered or covered or mercy seat had been typically (laughs) Uh, the sign and the pledge of expiation so he is the blood on the mercy seat and the mercy seat so he's both he is the blood sprinkled on it and he represents it that god's mercy is appeased through christ and so instead of the blood of goats and bulls and 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 right. birds yeah. pigeons, whatever it is Christ um it is his blood and that was a foreshadowing a uh, typically it was a foreshadowing of what he was going to do so the mercy seat every year at atonement cleanse their sins for one year right mm-hmm. but Jesus cleanses their sins forever <laughs> Is everybody still with me? I know I had this, that was a lot. Questions,
0: comments? (laughs) Tim.
4: Man, man, okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to take that all in. That's a lot. Uh, That's a lot. You're (laughs) you're saying, okay. Yeah, his sacrifice, his blood poured out for us Mm -hmm. over the mercy seat. Mm hmm. I'm trying to just picture this. So his blood pouring out, but it's over himself, right? Yeah, he's both.
1: He said he's both. He's both. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because technically he is the mercies of God. Mm. He is the means by which God doles out his mercy. He is the mercy seat. Well,
4: all I can
7: say is, wow. Mm.
1: And he's the blood yeah. he's the sacrifice and the seat <laughs> he's all of it just uh, like he's the the he's also the priest <laughs> so he's just, he's the priest that's making the sacrifice he's the blood I mean he's yeah. just he's just all of it mm-hmm. right so what does he need us for? <laughs> right, he does. He just says
0: yeah, we need him.
1: Yes, we need him. <laughs> we <laughs> need him.
0: you need him.
1: Yeah, I right. that's the message. It, it, not according him. to. It. And I believe that that's what Paul's trying to really make them understand is that you guys can't do anything. This is why I'm saying. Believe in Jesus, because all that you're trying to accomplish, he's already done it. It's done. It's over. He's done it. So put your faith, put your trust in him, and then follow his lead.
4: Amen. <laughs> hey, Amen.
8: Hey. Willie. Willie. <laughs> Um, that mercy seat messed me up. I need to go back and 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 really look at that. But
1: when, yeah, what you got to go back and look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
8: I'm like, because that that jacked me up in a good way. But what I'm getting from what Paul is saying doesn't matter if you're Jew. Doesn't matter if you're Gentile. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You have the the same standard applies to whoever you are. Put your put you confess jesus is lord you believe in your heart that god rose him from the dead and you devote your life to him period because there's no other way that man can be saved except through jesus
0: christ
1: right yeah
0: amen sheesh
1: all right let's see if we can finish this off we're gonna make that small Mm -hmm. make that small so there's the final problem and then the answer. So, and this is uh verse 19 and 20 it says, mm-hmm. now we know that whatever whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth mm-hmm. may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Okay, so by the law, all men are guilty, period, Right. Mm-hmm therefore by deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin realistically the law almost makes it impossible does make it impossible for anybody to be right with god because there's no way that they are following all of that that's why they had to have a day of atonement every year to give people a clean slate and then you just built up for a whole nother year the need for the the atonement to be given again okay and so this is the problem right is that no flesh is going to be justified by the law okay that's the problem here's the answer but now the righteousness of god apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets now remember what jesus said he said that uh, in, in luke that he explained to them who he was by teaching himself through the law and the prophets and the psalms mm-hmm. right and so by witness by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ to all and on all who believe but there is no difference No Mm -hmm. partiality, no difference. If you believe, then the righteousness of God is revealed to you through Jesus Christ. For all have sinned Mm -hmm. and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as the propitiation Mm -hmm. by his blood through faith, To demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance. Now we talked about God's forbearance, that is his kindness in our present situation. Mm -hmm. Forbearance is his kindness in our present situation. God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So right then and there, whatever they had done before then, God is saying, Right now, I am showing you kindness through Christ's sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Okay. To demonstrate that the present time in the present time his righteousness that he might be justified that he might be just sorry and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ that he might be just now remember they were saying god is unjust cuz he judges sinners but he's like no i'm just because not only do i judge you but i can justify you uh-huh. so don't say that i'm unjust when i'm the one that is making you right through my means. And so if you reject my way, then it's on you. Yeah. But God is just and he's the justifier. Okay, everybody with me? And I'm just going to run through this real quick because we're out of time. So these are the last few questions. Well, where is the boasting then? It's excluded. There is no boasting. Nobody can boast. Nobody can say, oh, we got it over here because we do this. There is no boasting. By what law or of works? He says, no, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. It's faith in Christ apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? <laughs> is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes. yes, of the Gentiles also, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith that the, it's still either same way. either way, you're both justified through faith, apart from this, if you are if you didn't have the law, you're going to be judged because you didn't have it. if you were in the law, you're going to be judged by the law. He says here, it's going to be faith for everybody. Everybody's going to be judged by this. Do we think, or do we then make the law, uh, do we make void the law through faith? He says, certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. We actually make the law establish that because of this, we need faith. So by faith, the law now is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. the law is uh, uh the revealer of our sins and our brokenness and our weakness and our imperfection because we need faith to be saved the law proves that mm-hmm. so we're not throwing away the law we need the law to remind us that we can't fulfill it okay, okay. Woo.
0: my last one yes
1: okay i got through all my slides all right that's a lot <laughs> hopefully you guys got a lot out of this and this is on youtube now so you can always go back and re-watch it and slow it down and rewind it and take a look at it um oh amen yeah all right we're going to close out on YouTube for so everybody on YouTube. Thanks for joining and watching. Um, you can go back and rewatch this.